Well, hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. I'm your host, your sister in Christ, and your friend, Georgia Brown, and I am seriously so excited for today's conversation. Y'all, if you've been around the podcast for any amount of time, y'all know I love music, all things songs, scripture, and stories, and today we are talking with Scott Brickle. Scott Brickle has a new book out called The Business Behind the song and he is the manager for mercy me and if you've ever seen i can only imagine y'all his role is played by trace atkins if y'all remember that with that deep voice and he's the manager now let me tell you a little bit about mr scott before we dive in because he has done so much in his career and lifetime it's such a beautiful testimony of the lord Scott Brickle is the founder and president of Brickhouse Entertainment and has been the manager for numerous artists over the course of his career. From a cattle ranch in Missouri, he graduated from Baylor University and received a bachelor's degree in business administration and production operations management. Upon graduating, he moved to Nashville, Tennessee to pursue his calling to serve artists in the Christian music industry. In the three decades Scott has been a leader in artist management, he has helped numerous artists develop successful and long-lasting careers. Throughout the years, the artists have been managed by Brickhouse, collectively have reached over 50 number one singles, numerous gold, platinum, and multi-platinum records, multiple Grammy, Dove, American Music Awards, and have participated in over 6,000 shows to date. Outside of Brickhouse, Brickwell does a lot. Outside of Brickhouse, he also has served on the GMA Board of Directors for over 20 years to date and was the chairman of the board for two years and was part of the 2005 Leadership Music Class and was the executive producer of a $100 million film. He was portrayed in the movie by country music legend, like we just talked about, Trace Atkins. Most importantly, Scott has four beautiful children and has been a loving husband to his sweetheart, Stacy, for 28 years. Y'all, this conversation is so special to me. Oh, I went to school for music and we talk about all those sweet, beautiful things. And what I loved most about this conversation was how we just talked about serving, serving, how even our Savior Jesus, he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And may we, as his children, as his followers, may we walk in that same manner and in that light of serving. So I truly pray that this episode blesses you, encourages you, and excites you for life. All right, let's dive right in. Well, Mr. Scott, thank you so much for joining us on Faith and Friends. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. You have quite the bio. Our friends got to hear it in our introduction, but my stars, you have just done it all. It's such a sweet thing to see how the Lord will just take you on such a great adventure, far greater than you could have ever truly asked, dreamed, or imagined. Did you really like think that your life would be what it has turned out to be in your story? No, and I I, uh, I tell people all the time, like, you know, I, I couldn't have written this. I couldn't have mm. written, you know, what I've done. And I attribute it to getting up every morning and asking the Lord, what am I supposed to do today? And that's kind of how I I've operated ever since I was, a, I mean, in probably middle school or high school. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's taken me on some crazy adventures and I've had a blast and there is, uh, there's no way, like I, I even remember sitting in a classroom in high school going, if I could write my own story, I think I'd want to be a, like a, 
like a uh, insurance salesman, like the State Farm guy in town, because he was the coolest guy I knew. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he had a Harley and a boat and a pool, and you know, and he sponsored all the high school, you know, football games and basketball games with his with his business. And so I was like, he's a pretty cool dude. I think I'd like to be him. Man. And like you thought that that was like the peak thing. And then the Lord's just shaking his head and he's like, son, you have no idea. Like his ways and his thoughts are so much higher than ours. And I love that you just wanted to really do this is kind of my phrase of what you just said of doing the next right thing, because I think so often we 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 want, you know, the power, but no, no one wants the process. Everyone wants the platform, but they don't want to be crushed and pressed. And man, you, you have to go deep if you want to go up high. And so what did that look like for you just starting out this, this first book that you're coming out with the business behind the song, I think is so incredible and so important because there is a business behind what you see. You may see the number one song and you think, wow, I want that, but you don't know what that looks like behind the scenes. And so for you to do the next right thing, even from middle school and high school, what did that look like? Well, when I first got into um, Christian music or the business, um, it was just simply serving artists. Mm. And I I did it, um, and I talk about this in my book, I did it kind of by accident by helping an artist that came to a church camp that I was at that I had known him previously, but I hadn't seen him in years. And so I was kind of hanging back to, you know, like catch up instead of just like go up and get his autograph and and all that, I was like hanging back and let everybody else do that. And then I was going to catch up. What have you been up to? You know, kind of that kind of thing. And while I was waiting, I uh, just started packing up his stuff. Mm. And, uh, you know, I saw his keyboard and I saw a keyboard case and I, you know, put that away. And then I realized, well, the the pedal, you know, pedal probably should go in there with the keyboard and the power cord should probably go in that case. And next thing you know, I packed up all of his stuff and, and uh, I put it in his van for him and you know, it was just serving the artist, and mm. and that's kind of that's kind of been my my main thing is protect and serve artists, and uh, and don't worry about you know my personal agenda or money or just serve the artist, and and all those other things will fall into place. Isn't that amazing? Everything you just said made me think of two verses. He didn't come to be served, but to serve, and then seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and everything else will fall into place. What you just said, Matthew 6, 33. Isn't that incredible? Like it is all about the servant heart and you've made a career out of serving. And that really in all areas of life, not even just the music industry, like nurses, teachers, you know, mama, stay at home mamas, all of it. Like it is all about being a servant. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as a father and a, and a husband, like, same thing. like I, uh, I think it was Andy Stanley that said, spend as much time planning uh, what you're going to do when you get home as you plan, as you spent planning your day, you know, your business day. Mm. And, you know, just thinking about being intentional about when you walk in the door, you know, what's the plan instead of just walking in the door and, you know, throwing your stuff down and and saying, all right, I'm, I've worked hard all day. I'm going to rest. So yeah, I got, I got four kids. So I had to, I had to do a lot of planning <laughs> I bet you did. How fun is that? But it's true. Your home is your first ministry and, you know, make your bed every morning and get things in line and do it. I never say I make my bed every morning. Oh boy. (laughs) Hey, that's okay. Someone else can, can, you know, it's okay. You don't have to. 
I mean, <laughs> so I slept on a bus a lot, of, a lot. So I, I was just about to say you probably were on a bus. bus. <laughs> exactly. You were just lucky if you went through a night's sleep without too many bumps, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. I just, I love this, the business behind the song and a few episodes that we have here on Faith and Friends is the story behind the song. But then this is a whole nother level of the business that behind. I remember when I was looking at colleges, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I started writing songs when I was like 14. And honestly, it was like, you know, young Taylor Swift stuff where you're just a young girl trying to process your little heart. So that's what it started out as. And then I was like, okay, I'll just write inspirational music. Like, I don't have to say Jesus, but like, I'm a Christian, you know, and then my gosh, you fall in love with Jesus even more and the overflow of your heart thereof. That's all that comes out. And that's all that comes out these days, which is incredible because that's all that's in there. And so I went to Middle Tennessee State and they had a degree that they didn't have in Arkansas, which was commercial songwriting and the recording industry program. So you've got music business, you've got audio production, you've got songwriting, and then you take all these classes that my gosh, Brickle, I didn't even know they existed like contracts and legal issues, um, you know, songwriting, then practicum, all these things that I'm like, wait, I just wanted to write some songs like, but you need to be so well-rounded and knowing how to protect yourself. And then I met friends that came into school thinking I want to be an artist. And then they fall in love with being a manager or, you know, doing contracts or being an attorney, like all these things. So there's so many layers to it, like an onion, but hopefully it won't make you cry too much. But you talk (laughs) about all the different jobs available. You don't just, you know, highlight one or another in the book. So what made you decide to do a deep dive with all of them? So originally the idea came from like 15 years ago, I had met with so many artists, you know, new, young uh, artists and their families, really, their, their moms and dads. And I had kind of gotten in the in the habit of kind of telling the same, you know, story or kind of talking about how uh, the business works. And, you know, the, the, the process from wanting to be an artist to, you know, starting that process and then what it can turn into. And I kind of I kind of decided after I'd done a couple, I don't know, maybe couple dozen of those talks that I, I had started forgetting different parts of the talk that were you know important to me that I, I didn't want to leave out and so I turned it into a, a Prezi presentation I got online oh. and found Prezi.com and and turned it into this Prezi presentation and I've probably done that Prezi a couple hundred times you know over 500 times just with different people over the years and uh, David Nasser asked mm-hmm. me if I'd come and, and give that to his uh, students at Liberty wow. that are in his, uh, his collective, uh, his collective group, you know, his worship mm-hmm. collective group yep. that you yep. know, uh, works with him. And uh, there were like 70 students and I went up and, and did like an hour presentation. And then when I was done, I was like, okay, you know, if there's any questions or whatever, I'll, uh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, get a, get a glass of water and then I'll come back for, you know, questions. And, Everybody stayed and I did like a two and a half, three hour Q and a, and when I left there, like, I was like, oh, this needs to be a book. Like I need to turn this into a book. And it's just because I touch on all the different areas. I don't just go, I mean, I start as, you know, the artist is the core, you know, the artist is you know, like, that's the main thing. Um, the manager is the guy that's around the artist or the guy or girl that's around the artist. And they're the go-between between the artists and everybody. But here's everybody else. And here's all the other jobs. And actually, uh, my son, who played football at Liberty, uh, had a friend that was a psych major um, named Caleb Gant. 
and Caleb called me up and goes, Hey, um, can I, can I chat with you? Um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm in my right, you know, degree. And so I went and I gave him my Prezi and, uh, he changed his major to music and, uh, he, he thought he wanted to be a producer because of the Prezi, but then yeah. after getting into that, he realized he wanted to be a manager. So he mm. now works for me. How fun is that? Right. Isn't that crazy? Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> like God's path for you. Once you just realize, okay, it, it, it can be so much bigger. You just need to do a little bit of digging and see what you like and see what has been laid on your heart that you didn't even maybe know was there until the Lord needed to reveal it in the right season, because maybe you're just not ready for it. So I know to our high school and college friends listening and to those older friends, like things are never too late. Like my sweet dad started playing the harmonica like five years ago and homeboy just loves it. Like he, nice. just, he, he travels a lot brickle like he'll be driving down the road so he's like i can just practice harmonica while i'm driving that's awesome so it's so fun and so like so if i ever see a dude in a car randomly playing the harmonica that's your dad that's him steve brown you'll see him <laughs> that's him I love it. <laughs> it's so fun. So take me back to those Liberty students, because I know all the classes that I was in. I've been graduated about three years now, but I remember when we'd have guest speakers come in and we were just so hungry to learn more and like, what's that next step? So when you were with those Liberty students, what was what was the, their biggest thing? Were they wanting like the name and lights? Were they like, what's a next step? What does this look like to do this well? What was the heart posture that you got from these students? Well, first of all, Liberty is an amazing place. Yes. Like I'm not here to recruit for Liberty, but you know what what they're doing and and how they're you know leading those students through the uh, very formative you know years. They're they're doing a great job, and mm -hmm. you know when Nasser was there, you know he was taking it to the next level as well. So, yeah. um, really asked some you know interesting questions, and it was what what I what I saw in them is they. they you know, definitely wanting to be songwriters, but also producers. Um, they want, there's people in that, in that room that wanted to work in the production, you know, side of things that, you know, David had on his team. And, uh, so they were really getting, you know, they were excited that someone was there to talk more, you know, talk about more things more than just being an artist. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they were, they were definitely asking, you know, all the right questions around that. And what's interesting is when we were trying to come up with a title for the book, I was sitting around with my team at, at my office and, and, uh, I said, you know, what if we called it, uh, the 182 jobs in the, in the music business. Mm. And at, at the end of each chapter, um, like let's say booking agent, right? Like there's a chap chapter on being a booking agent at the end of that chapter, I list all the jobs in that field of being a booking agent. Right. Well, I said 182 jobs and then um, Chase, who works for me, he started going through each chapter and, you know, we were kind of on to other names and he goes, Hey, I just want to point out there are 182 jobs that are listed at the end of each, you know, like when you add them all up and I just threw it out there as a random number. And <laughs> he was what? like, that's the exact number you have listed in your book. <laughs> How crazy is that? Yeah. So, I mean, it really, like, I think I saw in the Liberty kids, like there are really, there, there are paths for you if you want to be in the music business and you can't really sing or you like, I can't write a song to save my life. Like I've tried Aww. and it's just not in me. And you know, there, there are people that think they want to be in the music business and want to be in the Christian music business. And they think it's about, you know, leading worship and being on stage or maybe even playing an instrument. And they start going down that path and they realize, they're just not that good at playing guitar or they can't keep a beat on the drums or they can't, you know, 
they can sing, but they can't sing like, you know, some of the other people that are up there. And so there, there are plenty of places to serve in, in, uh, in the music business and, and, uh, and not only Christian, you know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of places to serve uh, the Lord and, and country and pop and rap and, you know, all the different uh, styles and, and, and genres of music. So um, it's, uh, it's been a fun process for sure, working on this. And, and, you know, to, when I left, when I left there with the Liberty kids, I was like, all right, I'm turning this into a book. And, you know, I think within four or five months is when, you know, we, we were on lockdown. And so I was like, all right, well, this is the all time right. to do it. That's it. And I can assure you, I wouldn't have done it because wow. I wasn't done when we started coming out of lockdown and it mm-hmm. took me forever to finish. Like, mm-hmm. especially the end of, have you written a book? Yeah, a, a short one, not a big chapter book. Well, you, even even a short one, like all the edits at the end, they, they were not fun. They'll get you. They and really it, will. It took me forever to to wrap it up. So. Wrap it up. And there's so much to say. And then it's it's like a new baby. I mean, you've been in this industry for so long and it's like, wow, I'm going to package this in a way that I've never packaged it before. And it's like this tangible piece of your heart. That's how I feel about my, my devotional. I'm like, wow, like it's my heart between these bindings on words on a page that now I'm entrusting and releasing it. And whoever's going to have it, like, I just got to pray that this will meet them right where they're at in their story that the Lord will use this. And so that's what I'm really excited about this book, the business behind the song. And you said that you can't write a song to save your life, but I bet you could if your life depended on it. It doesn't have to be a number one hit, but you know, I, my tagline, Mr. Brickle is on, on the podcast. There's a song on your heart. Only you can sing. Your voice is important. And let me tell you what, your song just may look different than a melody. Your okay. song has been serving and your yeah. song has been the words on these pages. And so that's kind of fun. And so in this book, you talk about the importance, the importance, the importance of a song. And so I know for me as as a songwriter and just as a worshiper and worship leader, like how much music means to me and even um, singing this past Sunday at church, like singing a song that I had never led before and just leaning into every word of like the importance of it. Like, man, I I was realizing this is not a platform. Like every word that I sing, I am taking a stone and building an altar to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like this is all it needs to be. And so for me, I'm like understanding at a deeper level, um, what a song means to me. And I think we all are. It hits us in a moment if we're driving down the road at night and we're going through heartbreak or um, if we're in a Sunday morning worship session or whatever. Um, But yeah, tell me about what that means to you because you've heard so many songs, been around so many artists. You hear so many overflows of people's hearts through their songs. What does it mean to you? Well, I mean, first of all, I think a song is, it's a time machine. Like a Mm. song can take you anywhere it can take you to high school prom it can take you to the day your kid was born it can take you to your wedding day it can take you to you know the day your favorite sports team won the national championship like yeah take you to the day you get you know you got your heart broken like Mm -hmm. it's there they are time machines and what i think is interesting about a song is it it you can also smell smells from those times Mm. like you know you're you you can feel feelings you can smell smells you can see things in your mind's eye like it just it just it really does have a key to your soul 
that nothing else can open that door, you know? And so, um, you know, obviously I can only imagine and, and mercy me. And that song is, is, uh, has been the biggest example that I can give. And and I've lived, you know, watching that song from inception through, you know, all the way through the movie of, I can only imagine coming out, but, um, yeah, I mean, I have, uh, I think the interesting thing about songs are that you don't really know if a song is like going to connect. Mm-hmm. And and when I say connect, I mean like be a hit mm-hmm. um, whenever you write it. Like there's, there's nobody that came out. I mean, everybody thinks that, oh, we wrote a great song today, right? Like you, you, you write whenever you write it. Oh, this is, this is a great song. It's, oh it's, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Right. Like you've done that, right? Oh yeah. You think <laughs> it's but but it's because it's yours. It's like it's your baby. Yeah. Everyone will love my baby. Yeah, look at my <laughs> baby. Look how pretty I mean, how many times, right? Like look at all these pictures of my baby. <laughs> um but you know, usually the people you play it for first are those that are around you, like your mom, your dad, your you know, significant other, your whatever, like your friends, your roommates. And what are they gonna say? They're gonna be like, Oh, it's great. I love it. That's amazing. You're amazing. I love it. Yeah. So you don't really get true feedback. So what I like to tell people is write a song, go sing it live and don't mm-hmm. set it up. There you go. And if people will come up to you afterwards and and say, man, I love that song. Where can I get that song? And you get a lot of that. Then you got a good song, like put it in the good stack. If it's crickets and no one says anything and, you know, they're looking at your their phone while you're singing it. Yeah, maybe you need to rewrite it. Mm. But um, now even, even with mercy me and I can only imagine they didn't, they, they wrote the song, put it on an album, an independent record and didn't even play it for a while. And then there was a pastor one day that said, Hey, can you guys play the last song on your record at the end of my, end of my, you know, sermon? And they're like, sure. Well, they had to learn it while the, the guy was teaching, you know, preaching the sermon. And then afterwards there wasn't a dry eye in the house and, you know, they sold out all the merch and, you know, it was like, uh Oh. And they've sang the song every night since, but they wrote the song and didn't know it was a hit. And so that's why I just tell people all the time, write a song, go sing it live and, and see what you got. So, mm. but yeah, so, songs are, uh, are just, you know, they're, they, you know, they make you cry. They make you laugh. They make you, you know, feel things, smell things, take you places. And I just think they're, you know, they're, they really truly are, uh, you know, amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a gift from God, you know, that yeah. he gave us the ability to, you know, to sing and, and have melodies to go along with lyrics and, and, you know, just to, to comfort us in times mm-hmm. of, you know, sorrow and, and to cheer us up in, in times of sadness and, and, uh, you know, all those things. So it's, uh, yeah. it's pretty cool to, to be a part of this industry. And, and I have for, for many years and I've enjoyed it and, and uh, I can't believe it because, like I said, I can't sing. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I can't write a song <laughs> to save my life. But I know how to serve, and, I, and I've yeah. tried to do that well. And, um, you know, First John 4, 7, and 8 is probably my favorite verse. You know, beloved, let us love one another. And and that's just what I've tried to do is just love people and serve people and 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 help help artists uh, achieve their goals and dreams and, uh, and, you know, do what I can to help them stay in a healthy place. And, and so they can, they can do that and, and serve the Lord in those ways. That's so good. I love that verse for love is from God. And the one that doesn't love does not know God. Like it's so powerful. And then, oh, cause this industry is hard. Like 
You've seen probably the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, so much humility, so much pride. You've seen probably the fall of people and then to just stay the course and let the songs be the songs to show up, to serve. And I love something that you said. It brought me back to school and right back into the classroom where they said, don't set up the song. I remember hearing that from my professor, Odie Blackman, for some of these first classes. And he'd be like, like someone would start to be like, I wrote this song about my breakup or whatever. And he'd be like, don't like stop. Like he would get like, yeah. no, no, no. Let the song speak for itself. And mm -hmm. I, I loved learning about how every word is real estate. Like you want to make sure that you're saying that the most that you can with the least amount possible. You want to make sure it's personal yet universal. Like there's so much to learn and it's the sweetest thing. And I think it, it, it the more vulnerable you can get, the more you're going to be able to connect with people. And so you got to do the hard work of like, get to know yourself. Don't be afraid of, of who you are and being afraid to share that because who you are is what we need, what mm -hmm. we need to serve. And so serve the song. And you've been mentioned in Mercy Me and we love the movie. We love it. We love it. I remember, I, I think everyone will probably remember the first time they heard that song and the first time that they saw that movie, because it is so powerful. And I think it's so neat that Trace Trace Atkins portrayed you in this story. I think he did a fabulous job. Yeah, and he crushed, oh, it. he crushed it. <laughs> crushed it. Understood the assignment for sure. But it really wasn't hard. Y'all are very similar. Like in a lineup, y'all would be like brothers. You know what I'm saying? I'm a lot better looking than Trace Atkins. Come on, tell it plain. Speak <laughs> it plain, Brickle. Speak it plain. I told the Irwin brothers, who, by the way, I mean, you know, give it up to them. They did a great They're job. They're amazing. Yes. Um, but uh, I told him, I was like, I got one beef. Um, everybody else got a 20-year younger version of themselves. And Trace is six years older than me. <laughs> so hilarious. now whenever, like, really, whenever I'm at a, a Mercy Me show and people are, are like, they look at me and they're like, shouldn't you be dead by now? <laughs> oh, no. You're like, here I am. He is <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Oh, yeah, it was okay. Kind of, so it was kind of a cute. But they, I mean, they explained thing. it. They're like, you know, if, if they would have found somebody like my age, it would have been a distraction from the movie. Cause they're like, what, oh. you know, what you did and, and that kind of thing. It was like a little bit of a, you're kind of too young to be in the role of being, you know, the, the sage manager, whatever, whatever. And so they're like, we, we kind of, and you know, trace, they knew trace and obviously, you know, the similarities are uncanny so um I, I didn't argue at all i was like yeah let's let's that's that's perfect so that's crazy how fun is that i didn't realize he was older than you all these things i love it and the Irwin brothers are incredible their films they do it with such excellency oh. they do not cut corners they are all in it is the most beautiful thing and then with totally. jesus revolution that they just did i mean my gosh out of the park every time. And, and it's so evident the Lord's hand is upon them and their ministry and their family. And to see your, you being a part of Mercy Me Story, the song, all of it. So take us back. Was it as the movie was of they, they coming to you and being like, hey, and just all that stuff. Take us back because we saw the movie, but we got the real thing right here. Well, the uh, the movie is accurate in, yeah. in that everything that happened happened, um, but wow. they had to cram twenty years into an hour and forty eight minutes. Right. So it it wasn't all exactly chronological, um, and so one of the best examples is in the movie. Um, there's a scene or there's a, a section where they uh, the guys do a showcase for five labels. Yes. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Um, but uh, that that particular scene, right, was actually five different showcases over the course of a year. 
Okay. See what I'm saying? So in order to, in order to not like drag the movie out even longer, like it would have been a seven, you know, episode docuseries or whatever, if we would have, you know, tried to make it all chronological. And so they just kind of, and that's, that's the art of making a a movie. And Mm -hmm. the Irwin brothers told me it's, you know, we're not trying to take a picture. We're trying to paint a portrait Mm. and, and, you know, give, give everybody, um, you know, when you look at the portrait, you see, you know, the, what, what, you know, the, the, uh, the emotions in a port, you know, in a, in a, in a portrait than yeah. you would in a picture, but you know, they, it can't be exact. And so mm-hmm. uh, once I understood that, I kind of put my guard down and just let them do their thing. Um, but it was about an eight year process from the first conversation till the movie came out. Wow! And, uh, it was, it was, and the Irwin brothers were, were, uh, you know, they weren't the first ones to approach us. A lady named Cindy Bond is is the lady who approached us first. And and uh, she did a really good job kind of getting, you know, getting the ball rolling and brought in some writers. But the writers didn't um, that she brought in didn't totally understand the Christian space. Mm. And so it, it got a little, you know, whenever they brought their scripts to the table, it was a little, little wonky. Mm. so uh the Irwin brothers came in and they're like okay we know how to do this because obviously they know the christian space and talk about serving like the Irwin brothers they served the Mm. stories that they're telling unbelievably well and you know it's just another example of you know they like me i don't i don't view what i you know me serving artists as anything special they don't view what they do as anything special either they just they're just it's simple to them their their formula is go serve the story and serve the people and serve the actors and, and, and even, even the, you know, the cinematographer and, you know, everybody on set, they're just out there serving those people whenever they're, whenever they're making the movie. Cause I saw it firsthand and, and that's exactly how they, they do what they do is just, you know, stick to that one thing of serving. And uh, it's amazing what, what will happen if you just simply serve. For sure. Like truly, I love that you're saying all this. Cause I, I, know that Irwin's from a different side of with Jesus Revolution just coming out that the night that it came out the premiere uh, his parents hosted a movie night and I went with with a girlfriend to the AMC in Franklin and they had all of their friends and family come and it was just so sweet and yes it was you know the red carpet fun rah rah bishkumba but you get in there to the theater and it was like the most worshipful sweet time and began with prayer and worship and then ended with prayer and worship. And because it is like all of this is just about serving the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And and the ways that we serve may look different. It may look like staying home with the babies, going to school and teaching or being that insurance agent or, you know, making movies or protecting an artist, but it's all about serving. And it's just such a sweet thing. And so friends, if you have not seen, I can only imagine I still believe or Jesus revolution or name some other ones. You remember, uh, what's the, uh, the one? early ones that they did was uh mom's night out. <gasps> oh, did, I uh, love that movie. The football one. What, what was yeah. The what's the football one? I just watched it recently. Oh, with all your sorry, footballs Andy. behind you, we should know. We should know. We should know. It's okay. Well, it'll we'll come keep them on us. a cliffhanger. It'll come we'll to keep us. them on a cliffhanger. I love it. Um, so, do you ever have you ever heard the quote? And I can't remember who who said it, but uh, if you're called to serve, don't stoop to be a king. Ooh. Have you ever heard that quote? No, I haven't actually. Yeah, I need to look up who 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 said that. But that's that's something that I've also thought a lot about over the years. Is yeah, you know, I, I I'm I'm doing what I'm called to do and. You know, I love it and I'm going to, I'm going to continue to do that. 
For sure. And I think that's such a good lesson for all of us that want to be in these spaces of any capacity to our friends listening that want to be in the music industry or some other completely, totally different industry. This applies to them of like, how can you show up and serve today? How can you love the people around you well? You know, what is that next right thing that God's called you to do? It may not be extravagant, but you know what? He who can be entrusted with a little can be entrusted with a lot. So who are you when no one is looking? Like even I was thinking about this at church the other day, there was a spill on the floor and I had one of two options. I could go find a paper towel and clean it up, or I could just leave it there for the next guy, or maybe someone slipping it or some kids start playing in it. But you know what I did? I couldn't find paper towels, but I found some tissues and took a little bit more tissues, but I got it done. And you know what? I'm not here for for applause. I'm here for the audience of one and just to serve my father on any level of what that looks like. And so, man, oh man, like it's just so special. And so the business behind the songs is available everywhere. April 25th, y'all. So it's out. Y'all, you need to go get that book. Where can we find it, Brickle? I, this is my favorite phrase. Can I just say it? Anywhere books are sold. Is that where we can find it? <laughs> Well, it's distributed by Simon and Schuster, so it's a lot of places. But oh, you can I also, love them! You can also get it on uh, Amazon. So Amazon, yeah, it's the best. Probably the best. Prime. Get to your door in just a couple of days. You don't have to wait too long to get to. Probably read. get there. It could probably it'll probably arrive before you're done ordering it. Actually, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Ding dong. <laughs> yeah. Once you that's click so on, put it in the cart. They automatically. Send it to send it your way just in case you buy it. Yeah, just in case it's on its way on in transit. So, Brickle, <laughs> what's next for you? Where can we find more about you? Um, you know, I'm just going to continue serving artists like I own Brickhouse Amazing. Entertainment, and we, you know, currently are working with uh, Mercy Me and Micah Tyler, and you know, they both have projects that are, uh, just came out recently, and uh, a couple new artists in in the works. Um, a new artist um, that. Uh, just uh, just had a single come out of Beth Luna. Mm. Um, she's a brand new artist that we're working with. And we just signed a, uh, a worship leader uh, named Mike Christopher. And so just be on the lookout for uh, some of some of their stuff coming out. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it, to me, it's easy. I just get up and, you know, who, who am I supposed to help today and how am I supposed wow. to serve? And um, it just keeps, you know, the Lord keeps opening doors and uh, artists to meet with and talk to. And some of them turn into you know, 25 year relationships and, and some of them, I just kind of help point in the right direction because not everybody is, is called to do this. And the Lord does need people to serve locally in their local church or, you know, do regional shows for youth camps and, and things like that. And so not everybody's called to, to go the national artist route. And, um, so, and if you're not, if you're not called to be a national artist, the worst thing to do is to try to be a national artist because, mm it's going to wear you out and it's going to beat you down and it's going to, you know, make you poor and <laughs> it costs a lot of money and, you know, all those things. And so, um, I really, tr- you know, I try to, whenever I meet with somebody is just, you know, kind of walk through where, where are they? What have they done? What do they want to do? What do they think they want to do and share with them some of the realities of, you know, what, what it's like to be on the road 200 days a year and that kind of stuff. And so, um, I do share a lot of times if if you can be a songwriter, that's the best gig in the world because mm-hmm. you can have a 50 year career and you can always write with the top artist and you can set your own schedule and you know you can make it to all your kids baseball games or basketball games or you know whatever and uh, it's a it's a really it's a really nice career if you if you're good at it um, but yeah so I'm just gonna keep doing that and 
you know, see see what the Lord see what the Lord takes us. Mm, he's so good, and thank you for serving. Truly, I, there's just a lot of details that we may not know about on this side of heaven. That if you weren't in the spaces that you were at that time, like who knows? But in His goodness and His mercy, like mercy me, here we are. Like hallelujah! So thank you, Mr. Brickle, for your time today. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, friend, thank you so much for joining me in this extra special episode of Faith and Friends. Don't you love Brickle? I just love his voice, too. I could listen to him talk all day. He is such a humble man in heart, and I learned so much, and I pray that you did, too. Now, before we go our separate ways, sweet friends, I would just love to pray for you. Lord God, I thank you so much for this beautiful day and this sweet conversation that we had with Mr. Scott today. God, I thank you for the example that he has just lived throughout his career and through his life of being a man of character and being a man of integrity and truly serving. God, I just pray that we, as your children, will be better servants of you and of your kingdom. Lord, show us how to love and what is the next right thing for us to do. May we be entrusted with the small so you can entrust us with greater responsibilities in this lifetime. Lord, your ways are so much greater than ours and your path for us is so much bigger than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. So God, we dream as big as we believe you are. And you, God, you are infinite. You are the good Father in heaven. So holy is your name. May your kingdom come, Lord, here on earth as it is in heaven. And so may your will be done, Lord. We love you so much. And I just pray over each and every friend under the sound of my voice, whatever it is that you are stirring their heart to do in this next season, may they do it joyfully. May they just do the next right thing. And may they not despise these humble beginnings because right where they are right now is right where you need them. And you are making them right now. You are molding them. We are the clay and you are the potter. And I'm so grateful that we are in your hands. So may we be teachable. May we be moldable. May we be humble in heart. And may we just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and be led by the Spirit. May we deny our flesh, Lord. And so, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this book, and I pray that it blesses so many. God, I thank you for all the colleges out there that are teaching media and entertainment and how to serve in these spaces, and for all the other industries, too, that are teaching their students how to serve. God, may we always be teachable, and may we be a student of your word. And God, so I just love you. I I thank you for giving us everything that we need, everything that we need in in the scriptures to, to learn your way to learn the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, you're so good. So bless Mr. Scott. Bless each and every friend under the sound of my voice, God. Until we meet again, keep them safe. And Lord, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Friend, thanks so much for joining me for this extra special time. I always love hanging out with you and our friends. This is a new friend and I'm so grateful to know he exists. After we hopped off the podcast, that's what I told him. I was like, Mr. Scott, I'm so glad to know you exist. Isn't that amazing? God's kids, his kingdom kiddos, no matter what age they are, are just so incredible, made for such a time as this. And so friends, I will see you on Friday for our regularly scheduled episode. But until then, do not forget, there is a song on your heart only you can sing. Your voice is important. 